Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts. Today we are in part two of a great sermon called How to Wait on the Lord. We are in Isaiah 40 verse 31. We are breaking down each phrase of what it means when God says wait. You know, it's one of the most difficult seasons that a Christian can go through. And if you're someone that you are currently waiting on the Lord, you know what a struggle it can be. Well, friends, there is hope. And the scriptures tell us exactly how we ought to wait on the Lord. I hope today strengthens your faith. I hope today encourages you. I hope today speaks right into your life. Have you ever downloaded my free mobile app? I want to encourage you to do it now. You can download it on your phone. You can download it on your device. Go wherever you get your favorite apps and search Awakened to Grace and download it today. Here is part two of How to Wait on the Lord. And it wouldn't matter if someone raised their hand and said, I'm young. It doesn't matter. If someone said, I'm in peak performance shape, it doesn't matter. Oh, I go to the gym faithfully. It doesn't matter. There isn't a one of us who would have the ability to jump from one shore to the other shore. Do you see how that is in view from God's perspective? There isn't a one of us who's strong enough to tackle life by ourselves. There isn't a one of us who is self-sufficient. There isn't a one of us that can reject the help of the Lord and figure everything out on our own. We don't have the ability. So what does Isaiah do? He takes our eyes off of our own little bubble and puts them on the sovereignty of God, the everlasting, the eternal nature of God. He reminds us that he is the creator. He reminds us of these things. And then he says, don't kid yourself. Don't fool yourself. You're not going to be self-sufficient. But now he's going to shift gears one more time. We've looked at ourselves. Now we've looked at God. Now we've looked back at our humanity. And now... We're going to see his conclusion, verse 31. What a wonderful scripture. But they who wait for the Lord. Can I just take my time for a moment on this? But they who wait for the Lord. The Lord told me concerning this morning's sermon that I'm not preaching to everybody. The Lord said, you have a very specific, targeted audience today. Let me tell you the ones who I am preaching to. I am preaching to the Abrahams and the Sarahs. That God promised you a a, a promise. God promised you an Isaac. God made a promise to you. And now it has gone year after year after year. And yet that promise has not yet been fulfilled. Do you realize that Abraham and Sarah went 25 years waiting on Isaac to be born? 
The Lord said, Chad, you're preaching to Hannah's today. Hannah's who had been told they're going to be given a Samuel. But what happened to Hannah? Year after year after year, there was no movement. I am preaching today to they, but they who will wait on the Lord. Are you part of they today? Are you part of those who say, I'm not going to look at myself any longer. I'm not going to look at my circumstance any longer. I'm not going to say, why are my rights disregarded by God? I'm not going to say, why is my way hidden by God? I'm going to reject this victim mentality. And I'm going to begin to look to God, who is the creator, to the ends of the earth. But they who wait... On the Lord. I'm telling you, church, there is a special group of people where if you will choose to wait, and I'm gonna talk to you today about some choices that you and I have to make, but for some of you that you will choose to wait, I'm telling you, there are blessings coming your way. God is pleased in our waiting, God is glorified in our waiting. God is exalted. He is magnified unlike anything else when his people say, it is my pleasure to wait on the Lord. I'm going to show you today why God waits in your life. I'm going to show you today why God doesn't do everything speedily. I'm going to show you why there's a process. And I'm going to show you exactly what the Bible says. The reason why God at times will cause you to wait. But they, see, there's not too many Christians who's willing to wait. They're the ones who, they're going to say, okay, God, either you're going to come through or I'm going to go on and make it my own way. There are so many people today that they're not in church any longer. They're not walking with God any longer. They're not serving God any longer because God didn't do what they thought God should do when they thought God should do it. Can I remind you of our humanity? Can I remind you of our frailty? Can I remind you that He is God and we are not? And how many people today are hurt by the Lord? They're offended by God. They're disillusioned with God. Why? Because God didn't do what they thought He should when they thought he should. Friends, God's not glorified in that. Do you know what God has glorified in? David made a statement that my perspective changed greatly when, when I went blind. David said, I wait for you all the day long. You know, prior to blindness, I think, I think probably in my humanity... <laughs> In my sin, I probably would have read that like David saying, yeah, come on, God. I'm waiting all day long. <laughs> come on, God. Come on. Come on. Let's go. When? When? When I first went blind, I remember what my prayers were like. I remember how I would pray for healing and I would believe for healing. And I would say, God, how long? How long? How long? Uh, let, let me say, a.k.a., God, where's my redneck deer lamp? How long, God? Let me see. 
Let me see how long. Now when I read David's words, I wait for you all the day long. You know what I read in that now? It's my pleasure to wait, Lord. You're worth waiting on. You're worth it, Lord. Be glorified in my waiting. See, I had to come to a point, and the Lord has so graciously led me to these lush, green pastures. He's made me to lie down. And see, now I can say with all purity of heart, if God opens my eyes, okay, I'm fine. And if God says, wait, okay, I'm just fine. I'm just fine. If God says, Chad, I will restore and I'll give you 20-20 vision. I'm content. And if God says, see darkness 24 hours a day, I'm content. I'm content. I'm content. Why? Because the Lord is teaching me what it means to wait. To wait. Now, let me show you what he taught me this week. This isn't for everybody. You spiritual Amazon Prime people, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But they, they, they who will wait. Let me tell you what the Lord showed me. The Lord told me this week, the Lord said, Chad, let me show you where a lot of your impatience comes from. The Lord said, it's good that you're waiting on healing. It's good that you're waiting on a miracle. It's good that you believe that I'm going to open your eyes. And let me tell you, I believe it with all my heart. What I think we can't figure out sometimes is why does God wait? First Sunday of May this year, I sat on that wall and one brother came and put his hands on my eyes. And before I know it, I thought the platform was going to cave in. Do you remember that service? So many people praying. Do you realize nearly every single day someone comes up to me and says, Chad, I pray that God opens your eyes every single day. You have any idea how many people tell me that? How many people email me that live in other parts uh, of the country and the world who I've never met, maybe never will meet, and they email me and say, Pastor Chad, I listen to your preaching and I pray for you every single day. When? When, oh Lord? When? But let me tell you what the Lord showed me. The Lord said, Chad, I want you to believe. I want you to hold on with all of your mind. I want you to trust me for things like that. I want you to believe in me. You're doing well in that regard. But the Lord said, let me show you where a lot of your impatience comes. And the Lord said, teach this to your people. The Lord showed me where so much of my impatience will come from. The Lord said, Chad, what you're doing is you're waiting on the results. You're waiting on the outcome. 
You're waiting for the miracle. You're waiting for the healing. Sometimes I get so excited in my heart because I think, I don't know how it's going to come. I don't know if I'm going to be asleep one night and I'm just going to wake up and God's going to restore my vision. I don't know if it's going to be in a prayer meeting. I don't know if somebody's going to lay hands on me. I don't know if it's going to be while I'm preaching. Could you imagine that? <laughs> may it be amen but the lord but the lord said chad here's where so much of your impatience comes you're waiting on the result you're waiting for the answer to the prayer the lord said no 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 let me teach you here's where patience comes notice what the text does not say the lord does it does not say but they who wait for the answer, for those who wait for the outcome, for those who wait for the result, for those who wait for the answer to prayer. No, what's it say? Those who wait for the Lord. And the Lord said, Chad, there's a great difference between waiting on answer to prayer and waiting on me. And the Lord said, when you wait on me, the Lord said, let me show you what that's like. That's when you learn, like David said, oh, Lord, I'll wait for you all the day long. Because you know what you begin to do? You began to be okay with the process. <laughs> you began to say, all right, God, you work your full uh, will. You do your good pleasure in me. When you wait on the Lord, that means that you wait for all of God's plans to unfold. You wait for all of God's will to be revealed. You wait for all of God's purposes to manifest in your life. Amen. There are things in your life right now that God wants to fulfill and he wants to accomplish and he wants to display and he wants to show to a lost and a dying world. Yes, God could answer your prayer right now, but think about all that would be lost if he did. All the process, all the blessing, all the contentment, all the fruits of the Holy Spirit that want to grow in your life. Think about all that would be forfeited if the Lord just snapped his finger and said, yes. Oh, there are times that God says yes immediately. Praise God for it. But praise God for the times he says, wait. But... They who wait, not for answered prayer, as great as that is, but they who wait for the Lord. Are you willing to wait for the Lord, for his plans, for his purposes, for his will, for his process? There are mighty things God wants to do in your life. You know, I think sometimes it's like, you know, you, you've heard the old adage, uh, you know, don't just enjoy the destination, enjoy the journey, right? Don't just enjoy reaching the destination, enjoy the journey. I think it fits spiritually too. Don't just enjoy the answer to the prayer. Enjoy all the work God does leading up to the answer in prayer. Enjoy the way God changes you. Enjoy the way God matures you. Enjoy the way your faith grows. Enjoy the process. You know, someone told me, Harry told me several years ago. He said, Chad, the Lord told me 
when your eyes come open, the Lord told me to tell you, you will say, it was worth it all, and I would go through it again. I believe that. I truly do. I believe it with all my heart. You know why? Because I tell people all the time, there has been far more gain through this than there has been loss. Far more gain. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. They who wait for the Lord. Now, notice the next word. It says, shall. Shall. Oh, I like this. Shall. (laughs) You know what that is? That's a promise from God. That's a promise from God. Three times in this verse, he's going to say shall. Now, let me tell you, sometimes when you're waiting on God, which is one of the most difficult things a believer will do, sometimes you just have to choose to stand on the promises of God. you got to take it by faith. And you have to say, no, if God says it, then I'm not only going to believe it, I'm going to live like it. Come on now, right? I'm going to live like it. People ask me all the time. They say, Chad, how come you don't wear those blind men glasses? How come you don't use a cane? Well, let me tell you, it's because I don't feel like a blind man. And I ain't going to act like one. Because I don't feel like one. And I don't live like one. Unless it's a high enough curve and then, you know, <laughs> or a half open door. <laughs> that, that <will. laughs> but anyways, they shall. You know, sometimes you just, you got to stand on the promises of God. What do we say? Abraham and Sarah, they waited 25 years for God to do what he promised he would do. Romans chapter 4 is a riveting chapter about Abraham that you ought to not only read, you ought to commit it to memory. You ought to apply it to your life's situations. And you know what it says in verse 20? It says that Abraham did not weaken in his faith. Those 25 years. He didn't weaken, but he grew stronger. Let me tell you, that's that's the testimony that I want for my life. I want to look back year after year and go, oh, I haven't weakened a bit. All I've done is grow stronger in my faith in the Lord. What a testimony to have. And let me tell you something furthermore. Abraham had but only one promise from God. You and I have thousands, thousands in the word of God. If Abraham could trust God over one promise, what can you and I do with thousands of them? You and I need to stand on the promises of God and not back down. Can we say amen today? He says they shall renew their strength. They shall renew their strength. They shall renew their strength. Now, remember, in our humanity, what does verse 30 say? Uh, even youths are going to faint and grow weary. Even young men, men are going to fall with exhaustion. So this is not a human strength. This is not a self-reliant strength. This is not you going through life acting like nothing's wrong. What does he say? They shall... 
renew their strength. Well, I want to know what kind of strength is he talking about? I want to know how do I get this kind of strength that he's talking about? Well, let me remind you the good gospel news. Anybody know what Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says? Paul reminds the believers in Ephesus, he says there is a strength that you and I can have. And in the original language of the New Testament, in Greek, that word he uses for strength is endunamo. Oh, what a word. Some of you are taking notes going, wait, spell that. (laughs) Endunamo. Come on, say it with me. Endunamo. Oh, that's good. One more time. Endunamo. Learn how to say it. Because let me tell you, it's a powerful thing when you begin to pray and you say, oh God, I need your endunamo. Give me your endunamo. Because you know what that Greek word means? Oh, this is so beautiful. Paul uses it in his writings. But do you know where else it was used at this time? This was writings in Greek mythology. This is how they describe superhuman. In other words, supernatural strength. And Paul goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You're talking about Greek? No, Oh, no, no, no. We're talking about the everlasting God. We're talking talking about the creator to the ends of the earth. We're talking about God will never faint. God never grows weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Paul goes, no, I'll take that word for the word of God. It is endunamo, meaning God will fill you with a superhuman. God will fill you with a supernatural strength. In other words, he will fill you with his glorious might. Ha! What a word from the Lord. And see, when you feel like you have no more strength left, oh, what a great place to be because that's where you say, God, I have no more strength. You give power to the faint. Those who have no might, you increase their strength. Verse 29, God, would you share with me your endunamo, your supernatural strength. Praise God. Think about what Paul says. Ephesians 6.10. Be strengthened. So you and I hear that and we go, oh, then what I need is a good eight-hour sleep. No, that won't fix it. Be strengthened. Oh, maybe I just need to exercise more. Maybe I need more clarity. Maybe I need to get out of town for a few days. I just need to clear my mind. Paul is talking about a spiritual, supernatural strength for your soul and for your body that comes from no other source except the fountain of living water, Jeremiah 2.13, except from the everlasting creator, Isaiah 40, 29, 28. Am I making sense today? Strength. Sometimes you have to choose to stand on the promises of God. You need to write this down. Sometimes you have to choose joy. You have to choose it. You have to choose it. You have to choose it. Nehemiah 8.10, what's the word say? The joy of the Lord is my strength. 
You're hearing me preach today. You're struggling today. You're in a valley today. You have no strength today. Where's your joy? Where's your joy? Is your joy in the outcomes of life? Is your joy in the answer to the prayer? Is your joy in the ultimate result? Is the joy in what you're hoping for? Is your joy in what you're praying for? Or is your joy in the everlasting God himself? If you enjoy the daily broadcast of Awaken to Grace, then I want to invite you to subscribe to our podcast. You can get our podcast wherever you get your favorite shows. Simply search Awaken to Grace Weekly Sermons.